We worship only the Lord, but we may thank those who do incredible things around church. And I just want to thank again everyone that came two hours before the first service, set up the place, prepped the media, the worship team for working hard at home preparing. Can we just give everyone a clap that took a part in making this morning happen? Father, this morning I pray that you'll, that you'll help us open the, the attics of our heart, the, the darker places where often we just want to lock that door and throw it away. Going there is it's often messy. There's rats there. <laughs> but will you help us how to open those doors, how to shine the torch into the attic? So that we may really grow. Help us to have a faith that it might start by hearing, listening, might start on the outside, but then goes to the inside and change our lives. Help us to be faithful to that even this morning as we focus on your word. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Next week, we're starting a short little sermon series called City to City. And what we're going to do is we're going to take two cities, the city of Corinth and the city of Hermanus, guess what? And we're going, to, we're going to apply some of incredible challenges, blessings, lessons that was written to the Corinthian church, and we're going to bring it home because we're quite similar in one way. But more on that next week. Almost 2,000 years apart since the letter was written, written to the first Corinthian or to the church of Corinth, the first letter. And we're going to apply it as best we can, maybe for two or three weeks. And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to usher us in. I'm going to, I'm going to start off. I want to preach and teach on communion out of the book of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to look at some of the facets, why communion was addressed, and apply it to us to the best of my ability. Please be gracious with me. This is not a history lesson on the different views of communion through the ages. This is not a, a class on how the Roman Catholics believe the bread to literally turn into the body of Christ. Now the Protestants say, no, that cannot be. We're not going there. We're going to look at this text and we're going to unpack it the best we can. City to city. Please read with me. On the screen or in your Bible, we are going to 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 17. Okay. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Now, I just want to say, if your boss calls you in and he starts this, listen, on the following things, I do not commend you. You know you're not getting a salary raise, right, just yet, okay? <laughs> because when you come to work, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Okay, you don't have to apply it like that. When you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. So Paul is coming in with the rod okay, to discipline. In the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. It almost sounds like he is 
almost like contradicting himself. He says, I hear there's divisions, but then there must be factions, is what he's saying. Now, in short, what he's saying is, in order for doctrine to be pure, to remain pure, it will often be tested by ideas that are not pure, which will cause, for a moment, a faction or a division, but then with the help of the Holy Spirit and the elders, that which is true and faithful to Scripture will reign supreme, and the division will be no more. That is not what's going on right here. What he's saying, when you are come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. There's something, there's another kind of division that's going on. And we will read now that it was a social division, right? A division of partiality. Let's go on. For in eating, one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry. Another gets drunk. What? Do not... Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup of the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But we judged ourselves truly. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Okay, it's almost like in verse 33. So on that next slide. Yes, please. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. There's an important instruction he gives because he is ministering into a social collapse in the church, okay, which is bringing dishonor on the Lord. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things. I will give directions when I come. Now, just a little bit of context, and then I want to lift up four things out of this text pertaining to communion, and then we're going to have communion together this morning. Now, in the times of the early church, it is not 100% sure the method of how, the method of how communion was shared. It is very clear what the elements was. Okay? It is the bread, it is the wine, and what it is supposed to mean and the sacrament it is. But it seems like, in this example, for example, that communion went a part, was a part of a greater feast, which 
can be called possibly a love feast. The church would come together in that sense. And here is what's interesting. It might be that the focus was not here is your piece of bread, but here is the bread and here is the wine. Let us break it. Let us eat it. Let us enjoy a meal together and remember the Lord. All right. It might also be that there was a feast, an eating together of the people, a sharing of food. What do you call it when everyone brings someone? It's a potluck. Yeah, everyone brings something. Bring and braai. Bring and braai. It's a bring and braai. Okay? A bring and deal. And it could be that maybe at one moment, a leader or a pastor stood out and almost like as a pinnacle of the moment, he could have distributed very specific something that's the same so that everyone could have the same type of thing in its hands and maybe there was a moment of prayer. Either way, the method is not what is the great problem for Paul here. All right. It is the whole setting and we're going to go into that for a moment. Now, what probably happened here is that there was offense taken in how people was eating and sharing. Okay. Now, one thing that could happen, that could have happened, okay, is that those who had a lot of food came with the greatest intentions. Yes, we are newly saved. We are the church. Um, I can't wait to share what I have with the church. And as the wealthier people brought incredible food, the poor people who had nothing came and thrashed it. All right? You've seen it before. Okay, take cookies to the right place, it is gone, especially if I'm there. And so, jy vat a pizza, maar jy gaan nie van het eet. It will be gone. And so, it looked like, it, something like that, maybe some people had terrible manners, some people didn't want to eat, maybe with someone who didn't smell great, it could be that sense. But however, whatever the reasons for offense, or a division in the heart led to a literal division where people would bring their food. They could have eaten at home, but they still want, they want to be connected with the Lord. They want to have communion. They want to say, hey, I practice communion. So they would brought their food, but they would come early, and then they would eat it. And then when those who had nothing come in, they literally could not partake because they had nothing. And Paul is writing, that was the great unworthy manner in this text. Okay. In this text. Now, Scripture should be widely applied. We should repent of all sin when we come to the Lord, whenever the Lord speaks to us. But in this portion, the great sin was a social breakdown that should not be a reality amongst God's people. Okay. That, that, is, that is the main meaning here, before we apply it to different other things, is social breakdown. Some people were not waiting. Some didn't get food. Others had so much wine, they were drunk. Okay, so there was no unity. There was no harmony. And, and one should almost, at this moment, allow your mind to go to James chapter 2. That says what? When a rich man comes in to your congregation... You have a wonderful place for him. Hey, you sit here. Hey, you can get involved in church in this way and that way. Wonderful. Here, here are the rooms. Here, don't, don't worry. Make yourself at home. But then when there's a certain type of person that comes in, you say, mm, you wait outside. 
Okay, so the sin of partiality is almost present in this text that goes on community. Now, what I want to do is I want to lift up four things pertaining to community, uh, to communion. I want to say that a lot. First service, community, community, communion. And then I want us to do it together this morning. The first element of communion we see in this text is meditation on Jesus. That's the first thing. We're going to take it from one side, and then we're going to see how community is, a communion is supposed to bring the community in harmony, okay? not into factions. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If we go to that next slide where Paul is actually quoting out of Luke, which says the same thing. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay, do this in remembrance of me. In Corinthians 11, it says it the same about the wine. This is, the, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, the first thing we need to know and understand about com- communion is that the life and death of Jesus should be fresh on our hearts as we come to partake of communion. If my thoughts was at another place, that's fine. That's human. That We are men. We are women. We are not perfect. As we receive the elements, what should be in front of our heart is the life and death of Jesus. Remembrance of him. Remembrance. Now, who of you do still have one of those bands? What would Jesus do? Hands up. Who, who had one when they were younger? I want to tell you something about those bands. It's a very effective thing. I'll tell you why I know it's effective. If I were to visit your house and I would treat my wife or your wife with disrespect, dishonor, or shout that my children, your children, misbehave. And you pull me to the side and you say, what would Jesus do? I would be so mad at you. I would want to rip that band off your hand. I love Jesus, but for this moment, don't show me that band. Because it's not waving at my heart. It is pressing a knife into it. And in the very same manner, Communion is supposed to do the same. Who was this Jesus, if I remember correctly? What did he do? What did, I, what did he say? And who am I? And so it's not to be rushed. It's not to do quickly get out. It is in order to remember. Do this in remembrance of me. What a grace. The second thing the scripture lifts up is self-examination. Meditation on Jesus, number one. Number two, self-examination. And self-examination, it seems to have two points of two windows to look through in this text. The first is examining oneself and then discerning the body. We get it in the text. Let's read it together. Let the person examine himself, that is after remembering the Lord, examine himself, then and so eat of the bread and drink of a cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on him. 
himself. Now, examining yourself here would mean something like this. I have now remembered Christ. His other-focused, unselfish life. An example. I'm thinking of how he went and gave himself on the cross, but also often to the poor, often to the sick. And I'm remembering how he was not self-absorbed, but other-focused. And now I examine myself. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain why it is good for the congregation to be together. You, you can use communion at home. And you should with your family. But you should not exclusively use communion at home. Because when you remember the Lord and you examine yourself, you will see who you are the most clearest when you are in the face of the whole community. Because when you look at the community, you know who you don't like. You examine yourself and you are honest. You know that Jesus loves that person, but you tolerate them. You know Jesus has come to serve, but you have started the last while maybe to take. And so it's in the face of the greater community that we examine ourselves most accurately. When you do communion, I ask you to wait for one another. Examine yourself. To discern the body, there might be two meanings to that, but both hangs consistent in Scripture and would lead to the same well. The one would be to discern, to remember the body of Jesus, the one who was unselfish in service of the world. And that will help you to examine yourself. The other meaning might be to discern your church, your body, what is needed, what is going on here, and what is your role. And are you still, as you're remembering the Lord, taking your place in the body as you discern those matters? Okay. So it's a remembering of Christ and an examination of a self. The third thing, this is a tough one, we don't like this word, but we should take it on board, is to judge yourself, okay? To judge yourself, and there will also be help from the Lord. <laughs> but if we judge ourselves, that's now after remembering the Lord, after examining ourselves, if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, now often this scripture, if we go to that next slide please, Often this passage is given as a doom and gloom, okay? If you use communion in an unworthy manner and you walk out and it's cloudy, okay, there's going to be a thunderbolt and it's going to fry you straight into hell and you're going to be accursed. It's not what the scripture says. It says, when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Communion is supposed to bring forth the impurities in our lives, and then we got the opportunity to judge ourselves, which means to repent and change, and we also have the help of the Lord, in order that we may not be condemned, right? So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Now...
bearings here for a moment before I go too fast. Maybe here in this moment, let me just say this, to judge, which is a very, it's like a swear word in, in, our, in our world today, it simply means to come to a decision or to make a point of status about yourself. Okay, so to, to know where you are at in the face of the Lord and to be willing to realign would be to judge yourself, all right? We must not allow the world to influence biblical language for us. To judge oneself is to make it. What is, what is my judgment of myself? Am I doing well in this area? Yes. I think I'm doing well here, but I'd like to grow there. That is making a judgment and then repenting and aligning myself to grow. All right. Now, it might be at some stage in my life when I came to the Lord, I was just overwhelmed with his love, and I was like on fire for the Lord. And you know what? Somewhere along the line, I'm taking communion, I'm remembering the Lord, I'm discerning the body, and, and, and somewhere along the line, I changed. Something crept in. I, I used to be a giver. I'm not talking about finances here. Okay? I used to be a giver. I used to be other-focused, but I became a taker. I became me-focused. I used, to, I used to love strangers and those different to me. I, now I tolerate them. You see, these kind of things surfaces in my heart if I am honest in my examination of who he is and who I am and I apply it to those around me. Can I give you one example? I'm not saying to have a relationship with the Lord at home is wrong. Please, it is essential. But many people withdraw from the body of Christ to practice faith at home alone. Can I tell you why? Because there's no consideration needed for someone that's different than you. I will choose the song on YouTube that I like. And just when she starts to scream, I want to put it up. I don't like that part. Mute. I will read the verses I want to read. And you know what? If I feel like standing up, I will do so. No one tells me what to do. I'm the head of my home. I will tell my family what to do without any intervention of anyone's self. Can you see the problem? When you practice the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. Why? It is in the face of others that my areas of growth becomes clearer to me if I really want to grow, to be more like Jesus. I must be a part of a group which makes it difficult for me to always have my way because in that I get to follow after the example of Jesus. Isn't that true? Amen. Am I still a giver or am I now a taker? Do I love or do I tolerate? Am I other-serving or am I self-soothing? These are the things that rises to the top of our hearts when we honestly consider the Lord. And then ourselves. It, all, it looks like a plain reading of Scripture tells us that we will grow by one or two ways. We will judge and be led by the Holy Spirit. We will judge ourselves and we will grow. If not, the Lord will judge us and discipline us until we get there. And that discipline is not bad, but I prefer option one. 
ok? Pak slaas goed, maar ek sta nie in lijn automatisch. <laughs> and so what Paul is saying is, have a soft heart. Have a heart that makes room for the Lord. Have a heart that knows how to submit, how to yield. Be quick to repent. Be quick to change direction. It is the word of the Lord. Jonah was not quick to repent, but the Lord helped him. Okay? And he often helps me with a rod as well, want ek is hardkoppig. It is the truth. That's why this is ministering to me first. Lastly, we go from meditation to proclamation. Now I want to apply a little bit wider. Let's first start in the text. It says, when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim. Okay, so there's a meditating and there's a proclaiming. Both is important. The Lord's death. What are you proclaiming? The Lord's death. The idea is the following. Should an outsider come into this church and he thinks the following thoughts, it would be a compliment to us. Why is that white man sharing communion with that black man? Why is this rich man eating with that poor man? Why is this South African connecting with that German? Why is this senior person taking the hands of that 20-year-old? Why? Because this community is different. This community is different. And it is at that moment proclaiming the kingdom to the eyes that is looking. You understand the vastness of the sin of a Corinthian church who would not have social harmony while trying to use communion. Paul says, what you are having is not the Lord's Supper. Jy is net by a braai. There's a proclamation. There's an onlooking onto us to do the Lord justice in this. And here we need to also ask ourselves the following questions. And now I'm applying why do I only have friends? I'm a Christian, but I only have friends that's just like me. According to the Bible, that is a problem. I love the Lord. I sing his songs. I read the Bible. I pray for him to bless him. But he shouldn't ask me to connect with people like that. Okay, that is the sin of the Corinthian church. I only connect with people of a certain income level. This is the end of my dam. That's where I connect. That is not Christian behavior. But then I want to come to the church and I want to say, I want to be like Jesus. The heart is then to change. Let us judge ourselves. Let us make an examination where we are at. If all people in the world connect with those who are like them, the world cannot be saved. We need to step out of our circle 
into the unknown to people that are different than us, they look different than us, they speak different than us, they earn different to us. That is how the gospel expands. And as we remember Christ, we see that. But the point is we go from meditating to proclamating. Jesus says in Mark 3 verse 14, he says, Mark says, he called them to himself that he might send them out. When the Spirit comes to you, he will send you out as a witness. Now, therefore, go. Okay. I know I'm applying wider now. When we behold communion, there's a pulling in and there's an expanding out. Okay. Now, if I think, now I am more of a meditator, I'm not so much a goer. So, I meditate, someone else proclaimed, there must be a measure of proclaiming, sharing, caring. Otherwise, you think you are meditating on the Lord, but you are not meditating on Him. Okay. There's a measure of meditating that enables us to show, proclaim, and share. I know it looks different for different types of people and different types. Some people here speak two words in a day. Some people here, two million words. I know there's a difference. But there's a measure after coming in and beholding, there's a kind of ascending that happens to you. Okay. On the other side, if I'm only running and proclaiming, that's what I did when I was a young believer, I will run out of steam because I need to come in to him in order to go out from him. Okay. So if I run past the Lord, if I, if I don't do communion almost in the right way, where I remember, consider him, his life and death, and also my quiet times with that, which is of the same kind of practices, right? If I run past him into the mission field, there I get offended, lonely, bitter, discouraged. There's a coming in, there's a going out. And so this morning, when we are sharing communion, we are remembering the Lord, his example, his other-focused life, we make a decision about where we are at. We ask him to help us. And we also say, I am part of the proclamation of a gospel. Here in this hall and out there in the town. Amen. I just want to read this one scripture again before we share communion. Whoever therefore eats or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, okay, will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, this verse have been used, and, and maybe with good intentions, to say, um, to sound something like this. Before you take communion, you must determine whether you are above the line or under the line. And if you measure yourself to be worthy enough, holy enough, strong enough, committed enough, then you may take communion, which would be unbiblical because that would make you the Savior, the one who qualifies yourself to take communion. When you take communion, not remember your works, remember the Lord. He's the one that died for your sin. But still there is an unworthy manner. One of those at least would be without acknowledgement of the body around you, which is the exact context of this text. 
to say I want the Lord, to say I want communion, but I will not accept my brother, would be an unworthy manner of taking communion. Amen? But the one who says, but Lord, I feel, I feel I'm not qualified to take it. I feel I am weak. I feel I'm not above the line. Is probably more qualified to take communion than the one who says, Lord, you know I come here ready for communion. I've done well this week. You see what I mean? How do I know whether I'm ready? Just come with a soft heart. I would say, if a, as the Lord speaks to you, lead your heart to become soft. Don't raise the finger. That will be the right posture. Say to yourself, Lord, as I remember you, I remember you this morning in order as I see you and measure myself, in order to present myself, I surrender all, all to you, my blessed Savior. I am here to surrender. You're at the right place. But test your heart, and I must do the same, because in our culture, we have been taught, if someone comes to you and offer an area of growth, you are ready with a defense. Don't raise the finger to the Lord. Offer the heart. What if you do communion and you find in yourselves areas where you fall short? Is there something wrong with that? No, that is the very purpose of communion. The very purpose is to see the perfect one, remember the imperfect one, and yield again for help, for the Holy Spirit to send you on your way to be more like Christ, to ask forgiveness, to engage with grace. Not with a finger in the air, but a heart yielded. Amen? What we're going to do now is, if you want to, if you want to, if you are here with your family or with a friend, while the elements are being handed out, I want you, this will be our ministry part of a service, to share with your loved one, with your friend, or you can be on your own and just connect with the Lord, just to share, what is the Lord saying to you this morning? What is He saying to you as we are handing out the elements of community, communion. You, you guys can hand it out. And I'll give you a minute or two to just engage with someone because it's a part of being part of the body. Yes, you can share.
if you are still in need of the elements, will you be so kind just to indicate where you are? Just nice and high, please. There's some hands here in this block. There's someone. Come, just keep those hands up for another 10 seconds or so that they can just see. You can be visible. That's awesome. needs the element just put your hand up very high there's a hand there in this middle row there we go we don't want anyone to be excluded Last call, is there anyone, we, let's see, we had a little bit of challenge getting around, there's some more elements coming, just put your hand up very high, there's, there's still there, keep those hands up that we can just uh, make sure we don't miss you, thank you sir, great. take a moment and and remember the Lord let's remember him Lord Jesus this morning we remember that a body was prepared for you that was as natural as ours and that body could be bruised could be broken could die and at one stage you breathed your last and you paid for our sins by incurring the penalty of sin and shame taking it on yourself and that this morning we remember your example how you came not to be served but to serve others and it moves us Lord moves us this morning And for a moment, Lord, we just examine our own hearts. Are we still serving? Are we still loving? And are we still setting our focus to care in a similar way that we see in your example? Help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to be conformed into your image more and more each day we pray. Let's eat the bread together. Jesus, we thank you for every drop of blood from you that washed us. Oh, what a wonderful Savior we have. And in this moment of communion, this also calls for great happiness because of what you have done. We now have fellowship with you and with the Father forever. What a glorious fellowship that is. Help us to embody that also 
in our church, in this body, as we proclaim that to the Lord, to the world. Let's drink the juice. want to give you another 20 seconds just to breathe and just ask yourself now what is the Lord just pressing in on you what is he saying to you this morning bless you for this time together Lord you are our champion help us to keep you in the middle of this congregation we can gather around you and worship and follow your life your words and your example to the best of our ability and we pray that in the name of Jesus amen I want to ask you one favor before you stand up will you send your cup to the right hand side of the block you are sitting in and if you can just stay seated for another 15 seconds the ushers are going to try and collect it from your hand then we don't step on it we don't break it we don't have to replace it every week so if the person on the right can just keep it the ushers can quickly come down the aisle and just collect thanks for helping us also practically